everyone, and welcome back to the Redbeard Outdoors podcast, and this is Jonathan, your host here at Redbeard Outdoors, where we talk about our three main things, which is faith, family, fitness, and the outdoors, all wrapped into one. And the reason why is because I want you to live as happy and successful as a life as I am right now, as I'm on my journey to be even more successful as a dad, husband, and any of the other hats that I wear in my life. So pretty much that's what I want for you. Now, today I've got an awesome guest. His name's Zach, or Captain Zach, and uh, we're going to discuss a little bit. I know nothing about boats, really. I've done a little bit of fishing growing up. I grew up, I love bass fishing. Um, I'm just learning to trout fish, so I don't know a ton about open water fishing or any of that. Um, This is going to be a great conversation. Before we get into that conversation, I do want to ask that if you like this podcast, if you learn something from it, or if you gain something from it, please share it with others. And as you do, this podcast will continue to grow, and I really, really appreciate it. Also, uh, if you leave a review, which I would greatly appreciate if you leave a review, send me the screenshot of the review down to my email that I'm going to leave below, or just redbeardoutdoors, the number one, at gmail.com, and I'll send you something in the mail. Also, I don't run ads. There's a reason why, because I don't enjoy listening to ads uh, when I'm listening to podcasts, but I do work with quite a few companies, so I'm going to leave their links down below. Anything from Backpack Country Food, uh, or sorry, Backpack Country, Back Country Food for backpacking, hiking, hunting, anything along those lines. I've got, there's protein bars down below that I use very frequently. Uh, all the gear that I use, the companies that I work with, um, I wouldn't recommend it if I don't use it myself. So go check that out in the links down below. Now, without further ado, here's Zach. All right, I've got here Zachariah, uh, along the Keel podcast host, and uh, just wanted to bring him on here and talk to you guys or have a good conversation with him about things that he, how he incorporates fitness and the outdoors. I'm not much of an angler myself. Um, I love fishing when I can, but he's going to talk to us a little bit about that and how he's created a career out of this. So uh, go ahead and introduce yourself there, Zachariah. Who are you? Uh, what? Why did you start a podcast? Just kind of give us you in a nutshell. Yeah, well, me in a nutshell. Thanks for having me on the podcast, Jonathan. And, um, you know, glad we could sit down and get this get this in. It's been, it's, uh, it's exciting. I always love coming on podcasts. And um, even though being a podcaster, you're like, man, it's just, I'm always on the other end of it, you know? So it's cool. I, I appreciate it. And man, Zach in a nutshell or Zachariah in a nutshell, um, I should say, uh, is I'm a boat captain by trade. I'm a podcaster. I'm a fitness enthusiast, mostly a weightlifter. And what else? I think, uh, I think an all around good guy, I hope. Um, but it's just, it's been wild to see the journey kind of come to fruition. And it's funny when you start putting reps behind whatever you're doing, all of a sudden things start to congeal and, you know, people you start to meet and the network you get to make just like you and I, like how we met, you know, like would have never have met if I hadn't started the podcast. And, you know, for me, um, I started a podcast, not knowing where it would go. And here we are. And now I've built a career around it. So it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Um, wouldn't trade it for anything else. And I'm just excited to see where else it goes. That's for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm excited to dive in with you and, uh, and talk to you a little bit about this. Cause I, I am interested about, you know, one, you're, you're boat captain. Uh, you, you're obviously big into fishing. I imagine being a boat captain is similar to being like a guide, uh, for a hunter out here in the West. Mm-hmm. and uh, things along those lines. So uh, just get us started here. You're, you're in Rhode Island, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yep. So one, yep. one of the smaller states, but it's got Small. a lot of ocean, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, did you grow up in Rhode Island or did you grow up somewhere else? So I pretty much grew up here in Rhode Island for the most part um, in a place called Wickford, Rhode Island. So Wickford, Rhode Island is probably one of the oldest fishing villages in the United States. It was founded in like 1640 something. Um, so wicked old. I say wicked. I'm from Rhode Island. Right. And uh, but actually, I was originally born in California. I was born in Laguna Beach. And I know people are like, oh, Laguna boy, huh? bougie. Yeah, huh? no. No, definitely not. Not not how I grew up, um, but very appreciative of where I came from. And, you know, from there, moved to Rhode Island, grew up here mostly, went to college here, but also did a quick five years in Florida living there. And then after college, moved to the big island of Hawaii 
and uh, lived out on the Big Island. So that was a lot of fun. But but yeah, for the most part, I mean, I'm, I live in Rhode Island now, grew up here, always on the water. It's the ocean state. So it's pretty hard not to um, be associated with the water in some way, shape or form. And uh, then kind of built a career around it. So, but yeah, go roadie. That's awesome. So that's a pretty extreme change there from Laguna. Then you went to literally the furthest West you could go in the U S right. Mm-hmm. You went to Hawaii and mm-hmm. now Rhode Island. So almost the furthest Northeast you could go. So you've been to all the extremes. Um, what's kept you in Rhode Island? So um, yeah, I guess I've never thought about it that it's like, one side of the country to the other side to the very far. It's like you ever watched, do you watch the office, Jonathan or seen the office? Oh man. My wife would kill me if I said no, but <laughs> she's a huge fan. She's probably got them all memorized. I, I like <laughs> bits and pieces of it. Yeah. This is like snip, snap, snip, snap, you know, just back and forth, back and yep. forth. So um, what what's kept me in Rhode Island? Well, I mean, I think the ocean is such an important component to my life um, and just how I've been shaped as a human being. And Rhode Island being the ocean state, I mean, it's it's hard to not get associated with it, right? And it's it's a very small state. I mean, we're talking, I think it's 70 miles long, 30 miles, 40 miles wide, maybe. So, but it also has some of the longest coastline in the US. And I know some people have disputed me on that. And they were right. They were right. It wasn't the longest, but it is some of the longest. And uh reason being is because there's so many little islands in, in amongst Rhode Island. So you got the main state and then inside of Narragansett Bay, which is probably one of my favorite places to be. Um, are a bunch of little islands. And a lot of it was actually used by the military back in the day, um, but have now become, you know, nature reserves and a whole bunch of spots. But when it comes to fishing here in the Northeast, exploring coves and inlets, um, pretty much some amazing scenery, whether you want to be fishing on the flats or fishing offshore. I mean, there's really, there's not much to dislike when it comes to Rhode Island. Plus it's a small state. So, you know, it's, uh, imagine living in a small town, but it's the entire state. So you tend to know a lot of people and it's really easy to get around. You're like 20 minutes from everything. So it's, uh, it's great, but I do love to travel. So I'm not one of those classic Rhode Islanders who won't get out of bed for, you know, or, or drive down the road for something. I'm, I'm usually up and about. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. That's one of the States I haven't been to. And I, I'm, I'm interested in being and in, in going there and seeing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've been up to New Jersey. Uh, I've gone crabbing up in New Jersey. Uh, I have some relatives there that make some of the best Italian food. Um, you yeah. know, and, and it's just, it, it, I love the Northeast uh, for what it offers, especially with the beach, not necessarily swimming in it. Um, I haven't been swimming, but I've been out on boats. I can imagine it's a little cold, a little too cold to be out swimming, yeah. but um, so you, you grew up, you know, moving around just a little bit, probably more than most, uh, right, uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least miles wise, more than most. Um, so what got you into just kind of heading down the rabbit hole of, of fitness? Um, did you grow up playing sports? Was that something you incorporated later? Uh, what got you into fitness? So that I love this rabbit hole because I don't get to go down it all the time, especially when you're talking about boats and fishing and podcasts. And um, I did a podcast with Tom Roland one day and uh, we went down this rabbit hole and a buddy of mine was taught. It was like, I listened to the podcast and it was super cool, but then you guys totally lost me on the fitness stuff. And, you know, cause he's not into it. Right. And uh, he was like, but you guys, it was awesome. Just listening to you guys go back and forth about it. And so when I get to talk about it, I'm, I'm super pumped and, you know, for me, um, I grew up in a family where you had to do something, right? You had to do some sort of activity. There was no such thing as sitting on the computer playing video games. There was no Xbox. There was no Wii. I had a Game Boy Advance. Like that was about it, you know? And um, so it was either go get a job or it was go do some sort of activity. And you could make up the activity. It didn't matter, right? Um but when on the weekends, doors, front doors locked, like don't come in the house, you, you go play, you know? And uh, so, you know, obviously playing sports was a huge component for me. Um, my mom growing up was a semi-professional bodybuilder. So that was someone who really kind of pushed me into lifting and training and, and eating healthy and, and the whole bit. I mean, I'm talking to you now and I got half a bowl of chicken and rice sitting here right now. And uh you know, just that was, she was probably someone of the 
most influential people when it comes to my fitness journey. And then my dad, who was a big powerlifter in college and, you know, afterwards, um, you know, they, my, my parents met at the gym, like it, it's, it's kind of in our blood and my brother, I mean, he's wicked into the gym just as much as I am. He trains more bodybuilding. I'm more of a weightlifter, but I guess it really kind of came to fruition when, you know, I was wrestling in high school, I got injured for me wrestling as a sport and pretty much all sports, the, the game day wasn't, wasn't what I looked forward to. It was the training that I looked forward to the most. So at some point I was like, what am I, why, why am I doing the sport part? You know, like, let me just train and get strong and to, and getting strong was probably the, the most important part for me. Um, you know, growing up dealing with like some bullies and all this other stuff that I think everyone goes through and, Either you can take a challenge and, you know, kind of sit on your hands and do nothing, or you can figure it out. And my way of figuring it out was getting stronger, you know? And, um, so from that, I got into CrossFit and I had always had a weight set in the garage. And when I was living in Florida, when we came back to Rhode Island, to some family and friends, there was a weight set that my dad had bought in Laguna beach and had shipped it back to Rhode Island and moved back to Rhode Island. And for Christmas, I was like, dad, all I want is this weight set in our garage. You don't have to buy it. Don't, don't buy me anything. I just want this in the garage. So we did, we packed it up, put it in the truck, drove it back down to Florida. And uh, that's kind of where it started. And that's where I got the bug. So when I got done with wrestling and started doing CrossFit, I just went full in, you know, I was training at home. I was training at the gym. I was just like totally obsessed, you know? And after that, um, in college was on the URI powerlifting team, um, which was a total eye opener. I mean, it really opened me up into getting strong and being around a, a crowd of people that wants to be strong, just as strong as you. And I, it's funny because I just literally had a weekend with about 10 of us all went and rented a house in Narragansett and, um, which is right down the street. And I hadn't seen some of these dudes in like three, four years since we graduated. And, uh, we just, hung out, shot the shit, drank beer, lifted like all, it was just like a total, you know, dudes weekend, but it was fun to reminisce on all these fun events that we did. And, um, you know, those guys really shaped me as to who I am today and, and just that whole experience. And then afterwards I actually got injured, um, powerlifting and then I found weightlifting and now I'm currently down the rabbit hole of weightlifting and I've been doing it for about four years now, solid. Um, and I've learned a ton and I'm a part of this uh, gym called Providence Barbell Club. We compete around the country and, uh, gotten to compete in some cool competitions and yeah, it's just rocking and rolling, you know? That's awesome. That's, yeah. that's pretty cool. So yeah, I started to uh, go down the rabbit hole of, of power lifting at one point, but it was mainly because I didn't want to focus on my nutrition. So I was getting fat. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, I hit the thousand pound club and thought it was cool. And then I realized I'm miserable, you know, the 23 other hours I'm outside of the gym, you know? Mm -hmm. And so uh, I kind of backed off of that uh, quite a bit. It's but, funny to get strong. You gotta admit. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it was nice not to worry about the nutrition, but at the same time, it wasn't nice having the, you know, the back pain and oh, you know, yeah, just pushing through the deadlifting that you shouldn't be pushing through. And, you know, uh -huh. you've probably herniated a couple of discs and you just push through like, <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, so yeah, I've, I've been on that road too. Um, that's awesome. So you grew up playing sports, getting kicked out of the house. I, I love that. And then, uh, you know, moving that into weightlifting and CrossFit, it seems like a lot of the people that are into the outdoors and I don't know, probably not so much anglers. Um, mm. but you know, you grew up in kind of a different environment, not necessarily just fishing. Uh, but a lot of people that I have spoken with people that I'm friends with that love the outdoors, especially out West, um, CrossFit or some version of it cross training mm. seems to be, uh, you know, what they base their training in because it is so quick in and out of the gym, mm -hmm. high intensity, and it translates to, you know, to the, to the mountains. Um, yep. 100%. and so that that's awesome. I'm, I'm assuming since you got to have this bros weekend, um, maybe this is wrong of me to assume, but you don't have kids. I do not have kids. Nope. Do you, or do you have a wife? Nope. I am. Okay. Single. I don't even have a dog, Jonathan. I am single. <laughs> You're living I'm your best dog. life. <laughs> <laughs> Just living me. 
<laughs> that's awesome. That is so cool. Uh, yeah, yeah that, that's awesome, man. So I do, I do want to ask then on that note, how did your family, other than kicking you out on the weekends, mm-hmm. um, how did they encourage you to get outdoors and how do you involve um, being outdoors? I imagine a lot of it has to do with the ocean, but maybe I'm wrong um, with your family. How do you involve that with maybe your siblings or your parents um, back when you were growing up and, and now? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so, you know, my parents were always pretty big into the outdoors. Like, for instance, on their honeymoon, they went on a three month, you know, across the country road trip in my dad's single cab Chev- red Chevy pickup truck, you know, and they'll they'll tell stories of bears breaking into the truck and, and you know, crazy stuff that would happen. Right. And um, so hearing those stories growing up, I think I really started to catch the bug. But you know, you only, you only really understand those stories until you're older. Right. But when I was younger, a lot of it was my mom was an environmental has, has a degree in environmental education and she's always been a teacher. So having someone that was always pressing you for, Hey, check out the leaf, like check out what the, the ribs of the leaf look like. And look at this stick and the lichen on the tree and the, how the fish are swimming and why a bird flaps its wings, like answering all those questions when I was young, kind of, I guess, presented itself to, you know, man, there's a lot of stuff out there. That's, that's pretty damn cool. Let's go check it out. And then my dad was a, he did a lot of commercial fishing with his dad growing up and was always outdoors and hunting and, you know, fishing just for fun and quahogging and, or clamming. And that's what we call it here in Rhode Island. Quahogging? Um, quahogging. You ever seen Family Guy before the show? Oh man. Yeah. Town of Quahog. <laughs> yeah. They're actual clams that, you know, believe it or not. <laughs> um, awesome. But uh, yeah, it was, it was just always something, right? And whether building forts out in the woods or taking this little dinghy out, I mean, I think what really kind of did it for me and what kicked it off um, was, you know, growing up, there was a dinghy that I could use to go play around in. And it was either you learn how to swim across the creek without a life jacket, and it's just go figure it out. And, um, then you can take the dinghy wherever you want, you know, little 9.9 Yamaha uh, Mercury at that time, little Mercury outboard. And I probably took that, I swam it. I probably took that thing way too far out to where I would have, you know, shouldn't have been, but I did. And you learn a lot. And uh, that's probably what it got me into me becoming a captain. But I, that really led into meeting people that would love the outdoors. Like my buddy drew best friend. Um, he and I have always done these crazy adventures where, you know, we'll do like five, six day backpacking trips in Yellowstone or drive across country and, and see some amazing spots and go off the beaten path, you know, and, and do it where we're not going the tourist spots. We're finding a trailhead. We're, we're checking it out. We're like, ah, screw it. What, what could be the worst that could happen? Getting ourselves into sticky situations and figuring ourselves, you know, and getting out of them, um, with great stories to tell. Um, you know, I mean, I could go on and on. The outdoors is just, it's everything, you know? I mean, people that sit inside all day and don't dream about being outside, there's probably something wrong with them. (laughs) Right. And yeah. And, you know, especially nowadays with everything going on with lockdowns and all this other stuff that's going on, depending on the state, depending on the the day and the new strain and all this other stuff that's going on. um, You know, I, I feel like a lot of people, I mean, it's scientifically proven that the less sunlight you get, the more depressed you get. And that's why people get, you know, the, the winter blues, you know, because people just there. And even when you are outside, you're bundled up, you're not soaking up UV rays. You're you've got three or four layers on because you're going to go out and play in the snow. And so, um, you know, that's, that's kind of why I personally started the, the Instagram page. And then the podcast was because I want people to realize like, you know, there's, single guys. There's people with five kids that are crazy like me and taking on school and all this other stuff. And there's people you like, you that, yeah, yeah. Man, dude, that's awesome. <laughs> you, got a, you got a little plan over there. I know. <laughs> right. Shh, don't tell anyone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so that's, I mean, that's why I started what I, because some days it really is just going to the park. Yeah. It really is just getting a, a jog, walk, run, whatever you want to call it. Um, outside in the neighborhood, but just still getting outside, like not just punching the clock nine to five and then, you know, sitting on the couch and watching the new thing on Netflix that you're going to binge. And, and so that's for me, I agree that, you know, people that, that live those kind of lives, they don't live fulfilled, you Mm -hmm. know, and also they're, they're not happy. 
And so I just wanted to share that with other people that, you know, no matter what your circumstances are, you can find time for fitness Mm -hmm. and obviously fitness is scalable. Like you and I love weightlifting. Mm -hmm. We can do CrossFit. We can, we enjoy the powerlifting movements. Um, We enjoy eating correctly. You don't have to do that. If you just want to be a grandma that wants to play, be able to bend over or kneel down and play with your grandkids on the floor and not Mm -hmm. be in pain constantly, that's your level of fitness that you want to hit. And that's very Mm -hmm. achievable versus someone like you that is competing, you know, you're taking it to a whole different level. So, um, that that's, that's the main reason why, you know, I started this whole thing was because of that. I want people to see it's possible no matter where you come from. So, um, I think it's it's a great way to go about it. I mean, you're hundred percent, right. It's all relative, you know, I mean, you don't have to go and I think what social media has kind of done is it opens everyone's eyes to it. But at the same time, people automatically think, oh, well, I can't do that because that's mm-hmm. that's that guy. It's like, no, just go out and go outside, go for a walk, go do something, make little small steps that eventually the bigger steps. And if you don't think you have the time, make the time. Exactly. It doesn't get done until it gets done, like plain and simple. Exactly. Yeah. And everyone's passions are different. Like I enjoy being on the mountains. I'm not a huge ocean guy just because well, I just recently found out I get motion sick. I don't know what happened when I turned 29, like I'm still freaking young and like, I can't remember what, it, Oh, my wife for my 29th birthday, mm-hmm. um, decided to get me, what was it? Paragliding. Oh, really? And, okay. yeah. And so like, I get up there, I'm like, Oh, this is a blast. But you know, you sit in this, it was like one of those go-kart ones. So mm-hmm. I'm sitting in front of the guy flying it and you're in this kind of, uh, almost like a little hammock. Mm-hmm. And so you're kind of swaying back and forth, the winds catching you, stuff like that. And like, 40 minutes out into it, I just got hit by this, this like awful oh. cold sweats, oh. nausea. And I felt so bad. I was like, dude, I don't want to puke on you. So tell me where to puke if I need to puke and we need to head back. <laughs> like, I know I've still got another hour, but I can't like I and I seriously laid on the salt flats yeah. for over an hour. I couldn't move like my uh-huh. head was spinning uh-huh. and I was so I, oh, man. So yeah. that kind of bummed me out because I'd look forward to maybe I can go on boats. I don't know. But. I would really like to go out and do some deep sea fishing and stuff like that. Oh yeah. But I don't know if I can. <laughs> this oh, wow, man. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll just, yeah. we'll just stick you with a bunch of bone eye and you'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, so, you know, kind of, I went down that tangent, but you know, people like you that enjoy being out on the ocean, people like more like me that, and it sounds like you like to come out West, right? Obviously you don't oh, have yeah. mountains in Rhode Island, oh, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. Um, just being outside, figuring out what you want to do. And so, um, on that note, I mean, you grew up, you know, on the water pretty much, um, you know, not being in the water necessarily, but being on the water, uh, I'm imagining that played into you being a boat captain. Tell me a little bit more about that journey of becoming a boat captain and why that captivated you and, um, you know, the process of that. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, there was always this allurement to, the water, right. And being a captain working on the water, I think, and oftentimes it gets romanticized. Right. But in reality, it's not always the most romantic thing at times. Right. I mean, there's certainly moments where it's like, man, there's, there's a lot going on out here, you know, and you're like, all right, let me get my wits about me. So, you know, I think becoming a boat captain was, very serendipitous because at the time I was just kind of going about my way and I had worked at um, a towboat company when I was really, really young, like, I don't know, 13 years old, maybe, and uh, 12 or 13, just washing boats and, and figuring things out. And from there, I, uh, I moved on and, and worked for a marina. And, and in the while I was kind of, I had like a, uh, uh, landscaping company, a few little things that I was doing on the side just for fun. I always have some sort of project going on. And when I was working at the marina, I saw all these boats coming in from different places, like all around the world. I met someone that had just finished. They literally finished their around the world trip at the marina. And I was like, man, that's pretty wild. Like, how did that happen? So me being me, I would always go up and ask questions. And, you know, I'd also ask questions to people that were driving the biggest yachts around, you know, because the marina that we were at was kind of like the premier marina in town. Now I say premier and the town of Wickford is very small. So in relative terms, you know, um, I would always go up and ask like, Hey, what do you do for like, how do you get here? How do you get here for a living? And, uh, you know, as those questions kind of kept going and I kept stacking up, I was like, all right, well, how do I 
how do I connect with them a little bit more? And um, from there, I went and worked for a, a marina doing all sorts of stuff where in college, I was literally on, on weekends, sanding boat bottoms and painting and fiberglassing, restoring boats. And I remember I had a buddy of mine come by and it's pouring rain. I'm in like my, all my foul weather gear boots and it's like March. So it's like a cold, wet rain. And he comes in with his girlfriend. He's like, what's up, dude? I was just pulling. I was just in the neighborhood. I figured I'd pull by. I'm like, I'm working, man. What are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm Saturday. I'm hanging out. I go, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to go back to work now. <laughs> and uh, in college, I worked, you know, full time uh, for the most part. And, you know, after, after working season after season at a boatyard, you get to the point where it's like, okay. I don't want to do this, although I respect those that do. And there's something that needs to happen there, but I want to do something more. And I was like, well, next step, you know, fortunately the guy who I was working for was really kind to me. And he was someone that I still look up to and talk to. And he was like, well, if you want to do something different, why don't you go get your captain's license? And I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's go do that. So during um, college, I would always take, you know, there's winter break and that winter break, I was like, I'm going to go get my license during this time period rather than, you know, go somewhere. And um, so I got my license uh, over my junior year of college. And immediately the guy who issued me the test was like, Zach, do you want a job? And I was like, uh, sure, why not? Let's try it. So I always tell people it was like the quickest time from not being a captain to being a captain because it was literally like two minutes, maybe, you know, and uh <clears throat> So I got my license and I immediately got thrust into creating this boater safety program, which would then be more built for the consumer. So people that were just looking to get into boating, had no idea what was going on and teaching them how to dock, handle lines, boating safety, so on and so forth, right? Kind of all the basic stuff. And from there, uh, I just, I did that for a few years and also was kind of on the team where... I mean, team, there was only me and the owner, so it wasn't much of a team, but was also a part of like helping captains become captains. So I learned a lot about, you know, Coast Guard regulations and all this other stuff. And I went to school for Marine Affairs, so I kind of already had some knowledge there. And uh, after that, I was like, man, I really like the job, but the person who I was working with wasn't the greatest person, right? And I think everyone has probably experienced that. And he might, and he is a great person, just not for me, you know? And so what I did was I, I moved to Hawaii and uh, took a, took a leap of faith, knowing no one out there was like, yeah, screw it. What could be, what could be worse can happen? Right. And a buddy of mine from college, he was already going out there and kind of was like, Zach, do you want to go? And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? And uh, out there, I started running boats on the big Island and I always tell people the story of like how I got the job, which was pretty funny. I went to the local uh, grocery store, bought a six pack of beer. And I was like, well, where is all, where are all these people going to buy stuff for their boat? Cause the Island of the big Island's pretty, you know, it's big, but Kona is, there's only two towns really. There's Kona and there's Hilo. And there's a, there's a few other towns around like Captain Cook, but those are the only ones that people live in. And uh, so I went to the the local Marine store with a six pack of beer. I put it on the counter. I go, so who needs help around here? And uh, they were like, well, what do you mean? I go, well, I got all my license certifications like from the Northeast. Uh, you know, I don't do drugs. I don't really drink. Like, what do you need? You know? And uh, from there, they were like, all right, we'll go talk to Captain Bill. So I went and talked to Captain Bill and he runs uh, the Mahele Hele, which is a manta ray boat. And out there, everyone goes and watches the manta rays at night. So they kind of come up and there's a lot of upwelling up there and you can go and see them. And it's like being in an aquarium. It's pretty incredible. And uh, I had never done it before. So Captain Bill takes me out. I'm, you know, up on the, up on the helm with them and just talking to them. And one of the first questions he asked, he goes, do you surf? And I go, ah, that's a weird question. Thinking myself. And I go, not really. I mean, I kayak surf, but all my stuff's at home. He's like, good, you're hired. And I go, what do you what do you mean don't doesn't everyone like surfing out here he goes yeah that's the problem like they're not going to show up when you know the surf is big and i go ah that makes sense that makes sense so from there i worked for captain bill for a little bit and then i also worked for i became the lead captain of another boat, uh, a tour boat company and took people on whale watches and all sorts of stuff and manta rays snorkels dives everything 
And then when COVID hit, moved back to, moved back to Rhode Island and uh, started doing marine salvage and towing. And that that's that's been kind of the latest thing that I've done in my captaining career. And all the while, I've done charters and you know stuff on the side, fishing and whatnot. But um, that's kind of been my main um, my main gig was towing and salvage, which is honestly super super fun. But um, just doing that part time now. So that's kind of the the in the nutshell of the captaining career so far. But that's awesome. Yeah, it's been fun. I say all of that sounds super intriguing. Again, I'm not not huge on the water. Right, that's just not a uh... I don't know. Like I, I grew up water skiing, um, kneeboarding and, uh, kind of bass fishing has been my thing. Um, mm-hmm. I really enjoy bass fishing cause it, it's, uh, it's more of a sporty fish, but again, I haven't been deep sea fishing and I know that those fish fight for hours. So I can only imagine that's like bass fishing on steroids. So, um, but that's cool, man. I, I've honestly never really spoken. I mean, maybe I have spoken with captains, but I've never spoken with someone specifically about being a captain, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. And so um, that's kind of a big move from Rhode Island out to Hawaii. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's funny that your job interview included uh, the fact that you were hired because you don't like surfing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. <laughs> it was something that kind of caught me off guard. But then when you think about it, I mean, most people that live out in Hawaii are very, you know, kind of like out there to just hang out and surf and do that. And I was there to make, make my way, you know, Mm -hmm. like I'm here to make a living and, um, and also live in one of the most beautiful places on earth. And, uh, I mean, I, I've, I've been a surfer, like I do a lot of kayak surfing, some other, like just regular surfing, but, for the most part, like I was just there. I was like, I'm here to work, man. I don't, I don't need to surf. Like let's get some stuff done. You know? That's awesome. That's so cool. And then uh, tell me a little bit more about, so you're right now you're towing and salvaging. Um, mm-hmm. Do you ever take people out as kind of like guided fishing trips? Yeah. I mean, every once in a while I'll do some guided fishing trips. I do a lot more fishing on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, like my buddy, my buddy, Joel and I probably my last trip before the whole season kind of shut down. He has a, a, a 18 foot Maverick down in uh, Charlestown and Charlestown is cool because it's kind of like, um, it is kind of like, I can't really, it's hard to explain. I mean, it's very marshy, right? A ton of marsh, a lot of, you know, a lot of sea ducks. There's a big breachway that comes in. So the, the topography back there in the salt ponds is super different than what you would see up in Narragansett Bay, which is usually hard shale, kind of a, a rugged coastline. And then in the salt ponds, it's very soft and, you know, kind of just, it's like an estuary. So the striped bass will oftentimes get pushed up in there and the, the fishing is just off the walls. Phenomenal. And then, you know, come, come fall, you got the albies running, you got the stripers coming in or going out, you got the bonito. And then if you always, if you're, if you're lost for anything worth fighting for, you can always just go for some bottom fish and grab a couple of talk for the dinner plate. So that's kind of the cool thing about Rhode Island is there's just so many species to be had. And there's just so much going on that you really can't not catch anything. Like if you go out and you don't catch anything, I mean, you're, you're just, I don't know what you're doing, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. It sounds like a good, a good place to go. I, like I said, I've done, I think the most I've done in, in the ocean is surf fishing. Um, okay. And I guess off the pier, you know, we've caught a couple sharks and stuff like that, but nothing crazy. I think the most, uh, funky looking fish that I've caught off, or I mean, I've seen caught off the pier was ribbon fish. I don't know if you guys have those up in, uh, mm-hmm. Rhode Island, but, um, they look like eels, but like chrome, like chrome eels. Yeah. And, and this, uh, this Korean guy was there catching them for sushi. Apparently it makes this amazing sushi. And he had like buckets full of them. And he <laughs> would just, they like their mouth looks like barracuda. Like, it, I guess it looks like a barracuda and an eel had a baby. So it's got that super sleek look and it's got the yeah. nasty teeth. And, uh, his way of catching them was, um, he had like little mini glow sticks that they oh, were attracted to. Huh. And then they would just come in and he would just, it was literally, he had like four poles going with little jingle bells on them, you know? Yeah. And so like, yeah. it'd go down and he'd bring them up and like slap them into the bucket and throw the, you know, it was just going like crazy. It was awesome to watch, but, um, 
man, that sounds like a lot of fun. That, that sounds like a lot of fun getting out there and fishing. And, uh, what's your favorite fish to go after? Hmm. Well, I always default to the Tatog, which is behind me. Um, I know that people are listening to this, but there's a, I got a, a buddy of mine who did a, like a wood burn slash print. And, um, I think that Tatog would be my favorite fish, but if I were to pick a fish to go after, probably an, probably a false albacore, an albie, which, I mean, they are just wild looking fish. They're a part of the mackerel family. Um, a lot of people think they're part of the tuna family, although they look like tuna, but hence the name false albacore, right? Um, and, an al- and they're just a large, essentially a large mackerel from, from my understanding. I could be totally wrong about that. But uh, my buddy who is in fisheries science and stuff, when I go fish, when I went fishing with him, that he gave me the whole spiel. And um, they're fun to catch. They're literally like mini tunas and they look like football swimming at a million miles an hour. And when they blow up on you, they blow up and you just chase them. It's a total running gun. I mean, you, you look out and you see a big boil over there and you're like starboard side. You're like yelling at the guy at the helm and you got one guy on the bow and one guy at the helm and you're just running and gunning the whole time. You suck a lot of fuel, but it's so much fun that, uh, and you don't even eat them. You just, you just catch them. Um, but I think that would probably be some of the most fun fishing. And then, I mean, bluefin tuna fishing is always fun just because you're out in the middle of the ocean, you know, typically you're like, I don't know, anywhere between 50 to 80 miles offshore, depending on where you're going and how you're going about it and what time of year. Um, but that's always a fun time just cause you're kind of out in the elements, you're offshore, you can't see land and, uh, you know, Tuna are just, they're tuna. They're like the, they're the apex fish in the sea, right? They eat everything and well, not everything, almost everything. And um, they're just, they're, and they taste amazing. You can't go wrong. You know, after you, after you pull one over, uh, you, you fillet that thing, loin it, and then you're sashimi the whole time on the way home, the whole time. Wasabi, soy sauce. If you go on a, if you go on a boat and you're going tuna fishing and they don't have, soy sauce and wasabi like on the way home or in in the in their little fridge or cooler you're on the wrong boat go find another <laughs> boat that's awesome <laughs> that's not fun. that that's awesome yeah i i do like and it's interesting too because i didn't know this until um i got a little bit older but the fact that the fishy smell comes from and the fishy flavor comes from the fish not being super fresh because like when it's super fresh mm. it doesn't really have any smell to it no, and, right. And, and, and definitely doesn't have that fishy taste, which I don't mind at all. Um, but a lot of people like my wife, she I've got some fresh caught Alaskan salmon that my buddy brought home and uh, I can't cook it in the house because my wife won't come home. <laughs> really? She hates, hates, hates the smell of fish. So I have to grill it outside. So I'm waiting for it to get a little bit warmer so I can go out and enjoy it with the kids over a campfire right, or something. Right. But um, but yeah, that's uh, I, I love salmon. I, I just looked up the Tatog. And, um, it looks kind of like an ugly fish, man. What, what attracts you to the, to the, to talk because it's ugly. It's awesome. I mean, it's like, it's got these big old teeth. They look like human teeth. Um, it looks like it has like molars. Right. Um, and they're, they're just, I think I like them because they're, they're so underrated, you know, like when you see that fish, you're like, I'm not eating that thing. Meanwhile, they're delicious. Just, sashimi cooked doesn't matter height taco like whatever you want to do with it tastes amazing and then um they're just rugged they're like the bulldogs of the sea you know i mean they're they live in the rocks right so when you try and catch them they're super hard to catch surprisingly um because they just they'll pretty much chop on your on your bait and then they'll just suck out the meat of the crab and then you'll just you'll reel up you know this empty shell of a crab and you're like what the heck man you know like you're still on my bait and uh but if they if you do get them they'll immediately swim into the rocks and then you'll snag and then it's it's a total shit show but when you do get one i mean they're just they're ancient they just look historical i mean uh no they look prehistoric that's what i meant to say and uh yeah they're just they're wild they're really cool I've just always been attracted to them. I always associate them as like the iconic New England slash Rhode Island fish. Like if Rhode Island was a fish, 
that would be it. Kind of angry, probably not the prettiest. You know, their hard exterior lives in a rock. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm a Tatag. I don't know. <laughs> that's awesome. That's cool. I've never heard of that fish before. So that that's awesome. I, I was expecting it to be like the marlin or you know, some sporty fish like that. And you pick this ugly rock fish, which is, I mean, that's cool. That's awesome. Underrated, man. I like the underdog. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, cool. Now I, I do want to know a little bit, what is this along the keel? What, uh, is that just the name of the podcast or is that your company or, or what's along the keel? Yeah. So along the keel was kind of, I've always had these, um, creative outlets throughout my life. Right. So when I was, a when I was a young lad, I'd always had, I'd always have, um, lemonade stands or, or coffee stands, anything to make a buck. Right. I mean, I take people's trash cans down at the end of their driveway. And then as I kept kind of maturing, you know, the ideas would become a little bit more extravagant. And at one point I had a, a time where I had like, I don't know, two or three geckos or something growing up and they all had crickets and I was tired of buying them from Petco. And every time you come back from Petco, you put them in the tank and you'd have like 10 more crickets the next day. Right. So I was like, oh man, they breed pretty quick. And if I buy one box of crickets for, you know, a couple bucks, well, then I end up having like four boxes the next week. Right. And because they would, you know, breed. And I was like, well, what if I just sold crickets? So I sold crickets and, and would deliver them to people for a little bit. And then from there, I, uh, you know, I always did some lawn stuff and, and had a little lawn business. And, you know, I can remember my mom driving me around in the Toyota Camry, me lifting the lawnmower into the trunk and then lifting it back out. And she was like, all right, I'll see you an hour. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go do these four lawns. And, uh, and then I also had an Amazon business in college, some e-commerce stuff. And when I moved out to Hawaii, um, I was like, you know, I'm getting an itch for something. There's gotta be something I can do. And at the time, like captaining was a lot of fun, but I always felt like there's something more to be had, you know? And for me, I knew the only way to do that would be to network. And selfishly, the podcast was honestly kind of a way for me to just network and meet people and maybe even find a job, you know? And, uh, but just being curious too. So the podcast turned out to be what is now called along the keel, a way for me to kind of get the backstory behind coastal and waterborne brands. And then also the story behind people, you know, that are kind of building their lives by the coast. So that's the, at that at its core is the premise of along the keel. And then through that, we've then diversified into now doing a lot more video stuff. We're doing production for our company called uh, like it's a, it's an apparel fishing apparel company. We're doing some production work for them. They're also local to Rhode Island, trying to do a lot of local stuff just because Rhode Island's a perfect spot for anything coastal. And then we recently launched January 1st, a website that is kind of like the best way to put it would be the Huckberry of the coastline. So if you're familiar with the brand Huckberry, um, I don't know if you've heard of that, Jonathan, before, but no. basically what they do is, that's all right, not a lot of people have. <laughs> I should really find a better example. Um, basically what they do is they've curated all these products for uh, the urban outdoor male is how I can put it. Like that's their demographic. And these two guys got together and with 10,000 bucks, they were like, we're going to start this brand. And they're, they're both like wicked smart, had good jobs and they quit them and they went, went after it. And it was just such a cool story. And what I saw what they were doing was they were just curating awesome products that were out there. And I thought to myself, man, I'm, I'm talking to all these brands. I'm talking to all these people. Like, why can't I just do that? And so now it's kind of turned into this e-commerce brand where we do a lot of wholesale and some distribution of these products to, whether it's online through our own site or through retailers and that are, you know, local here in the Northeast, but really kind of building a hub for people to get a great story, buy a fantastic product. And at the end of the day, know that their dollar is going back to coastal conservation, right? Cause at its core, I think, you know, what people kind of forget that every dollar that you spend on a company that is, that cares, truly cares about the water and isn't some big corporate firm is going back to protecting your estuary is going back to protecting the fish that you want to go catch. Um, and it's brands like Bahio and Opolis and sword and all these other brands that we work with Atolis um, that are at the forefront of that. So the more and more we can support those brands and tell their stories and tell the stories of people that are supporting those brands um, the, the better, I think the coastal environment will, will, 
will be. So that's kind of the premise. That's where Along the Kill is at. And uh, it's it's been cool. You know, people like, yeah, I get to meet you and a whole bunch of other great people. And um, yeah, it's been it's been a cool ride. That's awesome, dude. I love it. I uh, I think it's awesome that you're seeing these opportunities. And no, I haven't heard of probably any of those brands because, <laughs> again, I'm not into, uh, you know, I haven't been on the East Coast for a while, but definitely not into um, being out in the ocean that much. So it sounds cool. I, I do love it. And I, I think that's awesome. Um, and I agree with you, you know, having, having the podcast is an awesome platform to be able to, to chat with people, meet new people. Uh, and, you know, again, we wouldn't have, we probably would have never met, you know, who knows when I'm going to make it up to Rhode, Rhode yeah. Island. Um, Why not, man, anytime. That's we'll awesome. get a lift in. <laughs> that's awesome. Heck yeah. I agree with that. And, uh, that, that that's so cool, man. I, I love it. I really do. Um, so just wanted to wrap things up here a little bit. Um, just to, to ask you, kind of what, what is something that drives you on a daily basis to continue doing what you're doing? Hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. And that's something that I have recently been pondering. And I think the best way for me to put it would be in a lot of ways, every time I wake up, you know, I, I've just, there's always been this drive to be a little bit better than the next day. And I think a lot of that comes from my motivation to be really, truly self-independent, you know, in, in a lot of ways and what I'm doing and, and trying to build a life that I want to live. Um, you know, growing up, my dad was always traveling around, didn't get to see him a whole lot. And, uh, you know, now I do. Um, but, you know, and, and I appreciate everything that, that happened. Um, but, you know, not having him around all the time was kind of a bummer, you know, and for me, that time was a great learning lesson for me to say, Hey, when I, when I have a family, when I go about doing my thing, I want it to be on my own terms, you know, and that is along the keel is that answer. Right. And the job and the life that I build today is what's going to determine tomorrow. So that I think at its core is kind of what drives me. And it's maybe it's wrong for me to think that way, but you know, I think one way I kind of think of it is, man, I'm, you wake up in the morning, you got a list to do. I'm losing the day. You better get to it. Otherwise, cause no one else is going to do it for you. You know, like you're the only one that can do it. So if you want it, it's there for the taking, but no one's going to hand it to you, you know? Exactly. No, I get that hundred percent. And that's actually, so I share a quote every day, um, on Instagram. I know, and I, am also a firm believer that motivation waxes and wanes. Like it, it goes away. It's very temporary. Um, but there's, I'm hoping that there's that one person, you know, that will see that quote that it will change. It'll get them out of bed. It'll get them off the couch for that day. It's mm -hmm. not really for me. I enjoy these quotes a lot, but I don't need the motivation. I've created that, you know, that discipline, that habit, kind of like you have mm -hmm. of just constantly every day, trying to make a better day, a better future for ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and, but one of the quotes and the quote that I shared today uh, that fits right in, right into what you just said is what you build today will either empower or restrict you tomorrow. Love that. You know, it's, it's one way or the other. Some people are like, Oh, I'm just staying still. You're not just standing still. If you're standing still, everyone else is moving past you. And if you're right. moving, you know, if, even if it, you feel like you're crawling today and there's plenty of days where you feel like it's probably the majority of the days. Yeah, yeah exactly. 100%. You feel like you're crawling. And, uh, and then there's very random days that you feel like you're leaps and bounds, you know, when you hit your stride and uh, you know, it really does empower or restrict you um, your tomorrow based on what you're doing today. So I, I love that. And I love that you're always looking for that opportunity. Um, that's awesome, man. Well, I think on that note, uh, we wrap this up and it's been awesome chatting with you, honestly. I know we've talked over the phone, yeah. um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to get to Rhode Island sometime, uh, and, uh, and meeting you in person. You. Yeah, no, for sure. You're always welcome here in Utah. Always welcome. You should come out for the hunt expo in two days. Okay. <laughs> Let me grab my flight. <laughs> right. There you go. Um, if you can find one that's not canceled, right? right. Oh man. Um, but no, for real though, it's, it's been awesome chatting with you. And I appreciate you coming on the podcast, uh, taking your time out of your day to, to hop on here and chat with me. And I feel like I've learned a lot. Um, I, I know nothing about the ocean at, at all, other than there's fish and things that can eat me 
and uh, a lot of water. So, <laughs> and a lot of things want to kill you, but it's all good. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know those the the thing like one of my favorite movies growing up was uh, Free Willy, okay. and uh, and when I grew up and found out that those things legit are killer and they play with their food. Oh my god, they're brutal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, so it was, it was a lie. <laughs> like the <laughs> Free Willy is not a kind whale. <laughs> Right. Exactly. So the, that, that whale was trying to get the kid, not trying to jump over the kid. That's what was happening. Exactly. exactly. It was the reverse of what you thought. hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. That's but awesome. Yeah, dude. I appreciate you bringing me on the show. I, I love that quote. I, I mean, I think it's so true. Like what you do today really is going to dictate what it is tomorrow. And it's the, the one word that I think that describes it all is just consistency. Like you can consistently, do the right steps or you can consistently do the wrong steps, but you got to do, you got to take a step. Right. Um, so yeah, man, really love coming on the show. Hopefully can, you know, connect and yeah, we'll do this again sometime. Definitely. Awesome. And guys, you should go check out Zachariah. I'm going to say Zachariah cause that's an awesome name. Not Zach. It's like, you know, it's just totally out there. Yeah. Uh, where can they find you at, man? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. I'm relatively active with my personal account at um, Captain underscore Zachariah underscore Rollins. Um, lifting stuff, boating stuff, podcast stuff. And then also along the keel.com. If you want to sign up for the newsletter, that'd be awesome. Always got some cool content coming the way as well as on uh, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, it's at all in the keel, everything. So, yeah. Awesome. Cool guys, go check them out, especially if you want to go up to Rhode Island and, and uh, go fishing or, or, you know, do any of those awesome things that he's brought up. So uh, go, go, give him a, go give him a look over there on Instagram and any of his pages. And uh, as I always say, guys, get out of your life and love it. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed having the conversation, learned a little bit about boating, fishing, things I know nothing about. I'm looking forward to learning more about because I do love fishing. I just will see if I can get out on the open water soon. Uh, but outside of that, guys, hope you guys uh, have an amazing day today. Please, again, if you got something out of this, leave a review. Send me the review as a screenshot to my email down below, and I'll send you something in the mail. Also, share this podcast with others so we can continue to grow it. And uh, thank you again so much for listening. I really do appreciate your support and hope you have an amazing day and as I always say, get out, live your life, and love it.